It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Good evening, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Jim? It's looking a little updated in here. It's looking yes, pretty it snazzy. Is. I like the way it looks. I yes. like the way it looks. A little it's more a color. good look. Evan, our producer's been busy behind the scenes coming together with the new look for us. So you guys got to comment in the live chat, those of you watching us on YouTube, and let us know what you think about the new look. Yep. Absolutely. My goodness, I am messing up over here. Anyway, how are we doing, everybody? How are we doing? Uh, Jim, you know, speaking of uh, a new look, well, it looks like the Blue Jays have a, a bit of a new look themselves. Yes. Adding uh, my, my ginger brethren. Mm. to the team mm-hmm. justin turner mm-hmm. and uh, let's just start hot let's just so, get into it right justin turner uh heading to the blue jays i gotta just ask immediate thoughts i know you did a stream this morning yep. um now that you've had the day to digest to you know really let it sink in you know what are you thinking how are you feeling about the signing right for your blue jays let it digest, let it sink in, get to mark, get into some arguments on Twitter with some Blue Jay fans that had unrealistic expectations. We've had the whole thing today. I like it. I feel like I saw it coming. Uh, initially, my focus was on Jock Peterson because of the dollars. As soon as Jock Peterson went off the board, it kind of felt like Justin Turner was the guy because of the dollars. Yeah. Uh, I think Ben Nicholson Smith even commented that if the Blue Jays were gonna would have given JD Martinez twenty million. J.D. Martinez would be a Blue Jay. If the Blue Jays had given three for 45 uh, to Jorge Soler, Jorge Soler would be a Blue Jay. But that's not the case. And the reason that's not the case, and I feel like there's some Blue Jay fans that their, their skull is too thick for this to get through. The financial situation isn't whatever you're dreaming it to be. Isn't what some misguided beat reporter is trying to explain it to be. J- J- JT is the guy because he fit the financial situation. They're well, well in the first luxury tax threshold. And if they go out and they try to sign another big bat, another splashy kind of free agent move, they will likely move into the second penalty, the second threshold. And this team's not going to do that for the free agents that are out there. Um, just not going to happen. So, They make a nice move here. Uh, I like what he brings to the table, not just from the fact that he fits with the budget, but he also, he, he decreases the, the whiff rate. He increases uh, the the production uh, in general, right? He would have been a top two or three bat on last year's team. And on top of that, we got a guy that is killer against lefties. He's killer in the clutch. There's really nothing to dislike about him. Jays fans are out here hating the fact that he's 39. Get over it is what I have to say about that. So I like it. I'm on board. Even after arguing with some Blue Jay fans on Twitter and thinking about it more, having 12 hours to do so, I still like the deal. I think the Blue Jays upgraded good things with Justin Turner and the Blue Jays. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, you know, like, hey, I got to experience Justin Turner last year, you know, full season, one year. Um but it was a very good one year. It was a solid year. Mm-hmm. Um, good clubhouse guy, right? Really helps out the chemistry yes. there. I yes. think in the end, that's a big thing mm-hmm. that the Blue Jays, you know, I've touched on that before. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say there's bad chemistry with the team, but 
just felt like something wasn't right. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe they were like too uptight or something there. I don't know. Like just right. something fell off with all the talent that they have. Yep. Something just didn't feel right. Uh, we don't know what that is exactly, mm-hmm. but I feel like with Turner, anywhere he goes, he sim- seems to bring that positive energy. And yep. it, we saw it last year with the Red Sox, right? And uh, with Turner, yeah, he's not that left-handed bat that maybe the Blue Jays could have used, but in the end, I think he's just going to be a steady force. Now, where with the money you're bringing up, you know, the payroll stuff, I do wonder what that could mean for with JD Martinez, maybe what kind of money he's looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're probably looking for a little bit more than what Turner ended up getting. He ended up getting the yeah. 13 million. There's some yeah. bonuses there. I would say probably JD is looking somewhere in that 15 to 20 range a little bit. And they probably just thought, you know what, Jorge Soler, he's looking for three years. Maybe they just didn't want to commit to mm-hmm. the three years. That seems to be kind of where I'm thinking there. And I think in the end, <clears throat> Justin Turner was like that happy medium. Yep. kind of a kind of a guy to go to there. So definitely, the the I think yeah. with JD Martinez, the fact so if JD Martinez was going to take fifteen million, I think they would have gotten JD Martinez. The fact that they went for because remember JT can get up to fourteen five with the incentives. Uh, the fact that it that that that's the deal that Justin Turner signed, and they didn't land JD tells me that JD Martinez wants to be closer to that twenty number. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, the Blue Jays, he would have been the guy. He is the better guy. You want a, a solid number four hitter protecting Vladdy? Yes, I want J.D. Martinez too, everybody else in Blue Jays nation. But I also don't I don't want it to be Danny Jansen. I don't want it to be Alejandro Kirk, which is what it was shaping up to be. So I like that they did something. And what's interesting too, this does still, again, this Justin Turner deal, leaves them a little bit of flexibility to to add some more depth in places if they need to without entering that second threshold. So that's nice. And then the other thing it does, if they wanted to get out of that tax threshold, they didn't want to get in there, be in there again, and start to accrue these these penalties, they could trade Yusei Kikuchi and then get down to a spot where they are right on the edge and could get back out of it. Uh, But I don't think that's going to happen. But if they felt that desire they they could do that yeah i mean you know it's weird because it feels like there's not a lot of off season left right but there's a lot of off season left yeah right? i think we're yeah. going to be in store for a pretty busy couple of weeks um we even had the trade last night with jorge polanco mm-hmm. we'll touch on that in a little bit um you know i also one thing i also do wonder jd martinez you know it, i don't think he would have cost all that much more than Justin Turner, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some serious interest there. I yeah. wonder if maybe because I, I anytime I think of Blue Jays, you know, I think Toronto, I think Canada. I wonder if there was any interest maybe from JD going to Canada. I wonder if maybe. that maybe came up at all mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Because in my personal opinion, I love Justin Turner. He's my my ginger brother. Yep. I to me, I don't know. I'm leaning Martinez there if I'm looking for a bat. So I wonder if maybe that came into play. Who knows? Uh, but in the end, you can't hate the you can't hate it, right? There's really not much to not like besides the age, right? right. But with Justin Turner, he seems to be fine. <laughs> You're talking about Twitter today. My goodness, Red Sox fans were all kinds of emotional about it. Yep. Me, you kind of know how I am. Yeah, I do look at the the emotional 
part of things as well. But I mainly look at the dollars. I mainly look at the value they're bringing to the team. Yeah, Justin Turner was solid for the most part. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the Red Sox brought him back simply because they thought he was just too much, right? And no, that doesn't mean they can't afford him. According to Fangraphs, he was worth $9 million last year, according to his field value. And he ended up getting 13. My guess with the Red Sox, they're simply looking for a bat that can go up against left-handed pitching. They already have all these lefty bats. They don't need any more lefties, right? And they don't necessarily need a righty bat that's going to go up against both righties and lefties because they have all the lefty bats. So they're Mm -hmm. really looking for a right-handed bat that will go up against left-handed pitching. Justin Turner, very good option, right? Hit lefties very well last year. Mm -hmm. However, for the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, the difference there is the Blue Jays could have just used another hitter overall, right? Going up against righties and lefties. Yeah. With the Red Sox, on the other hand, and this is what I, I want Red Sox fans to understand, in my opinion, they didn't necessarily need that. They needed more of a righty that can hit those lefties really well. Yes, Turner could have been that option. However, there are other options out there that would be cheaper that could bring similar production against Mm -hmm. left-handed pitching. Mm -hmm. Guys like Garrett Cooper, even Gary Sanchez could be a possibility if they wanted to have a third catcher. There are options out there. Even on the trade market, there's options. Someone like a Harold Ramirez on the Rays. Will they do an in-division trade? I don't know. But there are options out there, and I just wanted to point that out for Red Sox fans. I know we're talking Blue Jays here, but a lot of Red Sox fans today, Jim, they were getting a little much, and it was just – I was kind of rolling my eyes at it, and it's like, oh, my goodness. If anyone should get emotional about Justin Turner leaving, it should be me. And yeah. my my only yeah. ginger brother and in the world, and I and I get it. It's just, but like a lot of people, it's weird how you saw that. You say that Blue Jays fans were reacting negatively. I'm thinking, why would you react negatively to this? This is a nice, solid signing for you. It it should be right, but the yeah. the, pro- the problem is, um, there are Blue Jay fans that got excited about the Otani chase and then figured that the Blue Jays were going to have all this money, then that they would go and pivot to all these other players. Yeah. So you there 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 are fans that were um quite frankly just confused by the whole scenario. Um I mean look, we consume all the all the content all the time. This is this is this that's why I hate getting in arguments with with, with a lot of with with people on Twitter is because we are in it all day long consuming content, consuming news. We're seeing more than the average uh, the average Joe out there, right? Um, we're seeing stuff not just on one team, but on all teams. And there are people that missed the unicorn budget thing from the Toronto Blue Jays, that the Blue Jays had two payroll budgets, a unicorn budget, and then the standard operating procedure budget. Yeah. And the unicorn budget was for Otani. So yeah. if you missed that, you just thought that the Blue Jays had all of this money to spend and okay we missed on otani yeah. but you know what we're gonna go get jd martinez and uh and cody bellinger and blake snell it's gonna be awesome yeah. uh that was never going to happen so now blue jay fans are obsessed with this justin turner signing um this is what this is what we heard so there were there there, there were three lanes sort of one lane was i like it i get it this is a good signing right those are the people that understand the financial situation and, and all that then there are those that they like it 
but they like it as it only if there's more moves coming. And then there are the people that hate it altogether because he's he's 40. He's not 40. He's 39. Don't do that to somebody. When they're a year away from 40, don't start calling them 40. So there's a there's that there's there's just there's there's sort of three different lanes and two of them are not really that happy. And I mean, again, that that, that Blue Jay, the fan base that's hoping that there's this and then more. It's the only thing they can do is a trade. Uh, they're not going to do. They're not going to make any free agent signings that's going to make any of those fans happy. Now, a trade can be executed. But a free agent signing that's going to make that group of fans happy, it's not out there to be had. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and that's kind of what you're going to get into when it comes to Twitter land, X land, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's all what you could, you, there, even if you signed Otani, there are still going to be people out there that still would have hated it. Right. Yeah. There it would be like, oh my goodness, you're paying this much money for this one player. It's like, you're never going to make everyone happy. Nope. Um, so we both got to experience that today. It was and fun. So, it, was, it was a blast. Oh yeah. You know, it's always, it's always interesting getting mixed up in Twitter land about, you know, right. Whatever. I would probably say, you know, that we can, we can kind of shift gears here. Already mm-hmm. touched on my Red Sox a little bit, touched on the Red Sox fans out there. I love all of you. Um, I felt like the reaction today was a little, a little overblown, right? I, I think, I think it has more to do with, just the Red Sox offseason in general, um, which I wouldn't exactly call a bad offseason. It's just not what you expected it to be, right? And that's what isn't it kind of though? Bad. Isn't it? I, I got I got to push back. Isn't it kind of a bad offseason? No, not like, at all. No, I I don't think it's a bad offseason. Okay. Like if you're if you're here in the middle, right? If this yeah. is good and this yeah. is bad, we're yeah. not down here. Right. Okay. We're just still in that what the heck are we doing range? Right. They have okay. made some good moves, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, clearing payroll, getting rid of the bad sale contract, bringing in some little pieces. Tyler O'Neill, again, you're kind of banking yep. on some ifs there. Yep. Um, they've made some decent, productive moves, mm-hmm. but not anything great. Right. Now, if you go and get Jordan Montgomery, right? Maybe. Oh, it immediately. Yeah, yeah, good. It becomes a good offseason. If they can get Jordan Montgomery, this is instantly a good offseason for the Red Sox in my book. Right now, it's a C. It's a C. I would agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. It's not like it's not bad. It's bad in the eyes of you were expecting something great. Right. But you haven't done even anything good. You haven't Mm -hmm. done anything bad. Right. Right. You've made some good logistical moves right Mm -hmm. um but that's as far as you can go but when you know you got the ownership and everything saying full throttle pulling all the levers and it's like what are we doing they're never gonna live that down they will never live that down and it's like it's weird because and this is why i don't think they ever want to talk to the media right because they always say the dumbest things and Mm -hmm. and it's and they always get in trouble with things they say and it's like I'd rather just not, I not, you know, you always hear people say, why doesn't John Henry talk where it's like, well, can you, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and defend the guy, but anytime he talks, it's like, someone's going to take something he says and you know, they're just going to use it against him. So yeah. it's yep. just kind of how 
people have been. But I mm-hmm. but then I can also understand where those people are coming from too, because you're saying yeah. these things, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can talk about my Red Sox for hours, but let's kind of get into what's next for some of these other guys out here. Talking about Jorge Soler, this was a guy that I think a lot of Blue Jays fans thought was realistic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once you had Jock Peterson come off the board, right? Jock Peterson seemed to be a big target for the Blue Jays. And then mm-hmm. he went to the Diamondbacks, a team Soler was also connected with. Well, you checked off two boxes right there. Well, then it seemed almost inevitable that Solaire would be a Toronto Blue Jay. I got to ask you your opinion on this as a, as a Blue Jays lover. Are you upset at all with not getting Jorge Soler? No, because I never really thought it was realistic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, call me a pessimistic uh, Blue Jays fan. Um, I never thought it was realistic because I didn't think they could afford him. So in my mind, I had checked out on that a while ago. When they signed IKF, Blue Jays fans, you, you want to hate on the IKF signing even more? When they signed Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, that in my mind, killed any chances of a Jorge Soler deal because the money that they gave to IKF plus the money they gave to Justin Turner would have been enough to give them a nice buffer to bring in Jorge Soler. And what stings even more is the Jays don't need IKF. Let's just call it what it is. I I get that we are bringing the swing and miss rate down with Turner and IKF, but I, I gave up on Jorge Soler back then so i had sort of moved on i do think that he would have been a nice fit but i i was kind of preparing myself for this well we still got some teams out there that could use jorge soler still Mm -hmm. i'm seeing red sox fans even today still holding out hope yeah soler will go there i don't see it happening at Mm -hmm. one point i did think you know maybe this could actually happen right right handed bat yeah needed a right handed bat then I started talking to a couple of people behind the scenes and, you know, Mm -hmm. they told me Alex Cora, you know, the way he likes to operate, he likes to have that versatility. Yes. Solaire can go play the outfield, but the Red Sox Mm -hmm. got five outfielders right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do you, where where are you going to, where are you going to rotate these guys? Like, how are you going to, it's not going to work, right? They have all these different righty lefty matchups where it makes sense for them to keep the DH spot open. So, Jorge Soler, at this point, yes, the bat works, but when it comes to the other things, don't think it really works. Um, And again, I'll touch on this one more time. For the Red Sox, Red Sox fans, I would expect either Garrett Cooper, maybe Gary Sanchez, you know, something along those lines. Maybe a trade for a bat that we're not even thinking of, someone like a Harold Ramirez. Yeah, That is something I could see. Um, But for Jorge Soler, I think a team... Like the Mets still make some sense, but you got David Stearns there. Does he see value in signing Solaire to a three-year deal? I don't know. We got, you know, maybe, I don't know. Like if I'm thinking of some other teams out here, I'm going a little blank, right? you know, some possibilities. Uh, I don't know. Is it to, in your opinion, is it either Mets or just go back to the Marlins? <laughs> what do you think? Well, that's uh, that I I feel like that is kind of the the hardest that's that's the most difficult element and and maybe the 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 most interesting portion of this offseason is that there's 
these teams should be able to find a destination, but the fit just isn't right. It's not like a perfect, it's not like you're putting a puzzle together and you got the three, the three spots and you slide it in there and it works because Toronto, Boston, you could, the Mets, uh, the Diamondbacks before Jock Peterson, even the Cubs, like there are teams that need more bats. And, but, but the problem is it's not, it's not a great fit. Um, You know, Milwaukee bring Milwaukee was a team. Reese Hoskins comes in. Arizona was a team. Jack Peterson comes in. So those are two. And now Toronto is. So the market keeps shrinking for these guys, which is great for the Boston Red Sox because now Jorge Soler is like, okay, uh, Toronto's off the board. Boston's off the board. Uh, Arizona's off the board. Milwaukee's off the board. Like all these teams are coming off and okay, I might have to take a deal that I didn't want to take at the beginning. So, yeah. uh, because, you know, when I looked at the teams for J.D. Martinez and Jorge Soler, and we have removed the Blue Jays, the Diamondbacks, um, and the and the Brewers now from the equation. Yeah. And even the Brewers were tough because the Brewers, their DH is probably going to be Christian Yelich now. Uh, so you've got to have that DH spot open. The Mets, but the Mets don't. The Mets, I don't know what the Mets are doing. Nobody knows what the Mets are doing when it comes to, they they, they have $10 million left. Yeah. They just signed Adam Adovino, right? Like maybe the Mets are done spending money. Yeah. So it this all plays out in the, typically, historically, this would play out for the player, but it kind of feels like this is going to play out for the team to where we get to a point where the Cubs or the Red Sox land one of these guys for cheap and are able to get the one-year deal. I mean, that may be what the plan is. Let's just wait them out because teams keep coming off the board and they got to sign somewhere. Yeah, this is kind of where I'm looking at the next couple of weeks where I think it could get a... I think we could end up having a pretty fun couple of weeks here before pitchers and catchers because it's make or break time, right? We're getting there at least, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. another week. You know, maybe next Monday, right? Maybe we start seeing some some very busy action. Mm-hmm. But you're now seeing these guys where they've had these demands. You know, so, you know, Solaire three, maybe even four years. Who knows? I, I think three seems to be what he's looking for. Um, to where him and his agent, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and be like, all right, we're, we're probably going to have to lower it down to two, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even, you know, an option. You know, one and an option. Right. Something like Mm -hmm. that. Right. Try to maximize the dollars as much as I can. Then if you go down to a two year deal, Mm -hmm. maybe that can end up opening up some things like, (laughs) believe it or not, my prediction for Jorge Soler in the beginning of the offseason was the Tigers. Right. Random team. And I thought, you know, like, I feel like they could just use a bat. Right. You know, they got some younger bats there. Colt Keith, who they just signed to an extension, uh, mm-hmm. hasn't even made it to the major league. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a fun bat to pay attention to. But like something like that, where yeah. right now they have Kerry Carpenter projected for the DH spot, but he's a lefty and he doesn't really hit lefties very well. So right. kind of wonder if maybe you could do something with Solaire there. I don't know. Tigers fans probably rolling their eyes thinking, well, they're not going to do anything. But it's again, if you if you lower those years then things can happen, right? All of a sudden, teams that you're not thinking about could all of a sudden enter the race. For me, if I'm going with a couple of teams, I'm thinking Mets. Mm -hmm. Mets probably pony up if it's a two-year deal. 
maybe a random team like the Tigers. You, you feeling? What do you think? What, what are you thinking here with with Jorge Soler? Well, what's interesting is the the, the if the Texas Rangers can get their money situation squared away, mm-hmm. they could do it. Yeah. Right now, the D the DH that is projected on Fangraphs is Wyatt Langford. Ugh. Love that. I don't think not yet. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine yet. I do love it. I, I love do it. too. I do too. But like, yeah. I can't imagine yet. So JD Martinez there. Um, you know, if they can get their ninety, because because what what's the thing holding up the 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 Montgomery deal is the the question marks beyond the twenty twenty four season. Well, JD Martinez is a potentially one year guy. If Jorge Soler's market comes down to a look, all right, just tell everybody. Solaire's Solaire will take a one-year deal. Five teams may step up that right now are not there, and the Rangers would be one of those teams if if a one-year deal was on the table. I think the Tigers could also be in play. The Mets, the Mets would not be so interested in a one-year deal, but maybe the Red Sox would. So you you could you could stir up some interest with some other teams by doing that. I I I am fascinated by the thought of the Rangers. Wouldn't it be amazing? If the Rangers somehow, as difficult of an offseason it has been for them, if they can come out of this offseason with Jordan Montgomery and J.D. Martinez between now and, uh, you know, March 1st, like yeah. it's I don't think it's unreasonable to to think that that could play out if they can get that 90 million dollars for 2024 that helps secure jd martinez and yeah i know jordan montgomery it is what it is maybe jordan montgomery takes a one-year deal as insane as that sounds i feel like we're getting into insane territory as it is he's not going to take a one-year deal but the the point is that maybe the rangers can figure something out with jordan montgomery and because i i I still think despite all of their financial hurdles the rangers gotta get montgomery back they, I feel like they just have to. Yeah. It could be, you know, I think with that, we'll get back to the uh, Solaire thing in a second. I, the thing I keep thinking about with Montgomery, is he going to want to wait for them? Now, that's the only thing because it's like he well, has other things in his personal life that yes. are there, right? His wife, like he has to kind of figure something out. Mm-hmm. At least that, that's how I would feel, right? I'd yep. be like, all right, like, Come on, we got to figure out our situation here. Like, am I going to be living living in a different state? My wife's right. in Boston. She's got to figure out stuff with her schooling, you know, with the residency, whatever. So I'm not sure how those rules work exactly. But if it were me, personal life, I would kind of want to know what's happening, right? Yeah. So, and this is where I think the Red Sox, yeah, it sounds maybe a little, I don't know, it is negotiations at the end of the day. It sounds a little dirty, but I think the Red Sox are like, hey, you know, he's kind of back into a corner here, right? So, hey, three year, we'll talk with you, right? Yeah. Any more than that? No. Yeah. Um, the Rangers, I think, could be interesting. And that's where I do think JD Martinez could make some sense, right? Because they are seeming to go to those one year deals. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, with why I love me some Wyatt Langford, man. He is actually projected for a, I'm looking at the numbers right now, they're projecting him for a 263 average, a 337 on base, and a 474 slugging. Now, what yep. a rookie season that would be. But I understand, though, you can't, you know, yes, the guy's going to be really good. But it could make some sense to maybe he, bring in J.D. Martinez. I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. Why not the Marlins for J.D. Martinez? You know, hey, Miami guy, born and raised there. 
one year deal. It's, that's what the um, that's what Craig Mish was reporting with the Marlins saying mm-hmm. they would like Solaire back if he mm-hmm. took like a one year deal, right? But he's he, looking for more years. So I wonder if JD Martinez could be a a piece for the Marlins there. That could make some sense. So why it's going to be interesting what happens with these guys, and then of course the Mets. You could see yeah. JD Martinez go to the Mets. Maybe if they want to do the one year deal. At this point, I actually feel like JD Martinez could end up going somewhere else if mm-hmm. he's willing to do the one year. That's the only thing. I haven't heard anything about what length of a deal he's looking for exactly. We have heard with Solaire that there's three years seems to be what he's going for, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't heard that with J.D. Martinez. I don't know what he's willing to do. Is he just going to do one years until the end of his career, or is he looking for a two-year deal? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, he just did the one year with the Dodgers, so maybe he would like to maybe get a couple. All right, so it's gonna be interesting. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You know, the, the anybody that has not gone and looked up Wyatt Langford's numbers in the minors last year, oh. it's a joy. Go do it. Oh, take good. the take the ten seconds. Google Wyatt Langford MILB and look at what he did in forty four games at rookie A, double A, and triple A. He touched all levels and he hit at every stop. Yeah. I mean that that is incredible that he went out there yeah. and was that good after being drafted. How many times do we see players get drafted and then they don't start playing pro ball until the following year? Mm-hmm. Happens pretty regularly. Now mm-hmm. why Langford? This dude obviously loves baseball. Yep. Fantastic stuff. But you know what's interesting about Jordan Montgomery is that it, it kind of feels like his market, and, and I did a, a premiere on, on the on the YouTube channel tonight, ah. kind of feels like his market has collapsed because yeah. if the Red Sox are going to pass because they don't want to go the multiple years, if the Rangers are out of reach, as Ken Rosenthal uh, put out there, then you start to wonder who could come into play. I hypothesize the Twins could come into play, but they have a financial situation that they are at a spot with their 150 or so million. Actually, it's going to be less now because Polanco's gone. Um, they are in a spot where can they afford Jordan Montgomery? But he would be a good fit uh, for them. You've got the Angels could mm-hmm. fit in there and the Giants could fit in there. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, I really feel like he's in a bind. And I don't know. One team, and, and maybe this can transition us to our next point, one team that could jump in if the paperwork can go through soon enough, the Baltimore Orioles, because we know the Orioles still need a top-of-the-rotation guy. John Angelus just won't pony up the money for it. Yeah. Maybe new ownership coming in. Can we get the paperwork? Can we get this thing moving? Can we get the new guys taken over and give Michael Elias the green light? to go out there and make some impact signings. Um, it'll be interesting. So, uh, yeah, if, yeah. For anybody, that, anybody that hasn't heard, we've got word that the Orioles are selling the team, that they have two investors that are going to be taking over, that John Angelos, the Orioles fan base, has long suffered under this Angelos regime. It's been a mess. It's been an absolute nightmare. If a team started to give you hope you knew it was short-lived because John Angelos was not going to sustain it and that was the biggest fear that was 
in the hearts and minds of Orioles fans right now is that this would not be sustainable with John Angelos because he went, he ran to the New York post last year, not, not asked to do it. He just went to do it mm-hmm. to tell everybody how he basically can't afford to sign uh, multiple players to these hundred million dollar contracts. So a great thing for the Orioles. I ask you this, Robbie, do you sort of feel like, I don't know, maybe it's me because I live close to the area. Do you sort of feel like, Maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of the ground is shaking in the American League East. As a Red Sox fan, do you? I, as a Jays fan, I kind of worry about the Orioles even more now. If they get a motivated owner, you get a motivated owner with money to spend, and Mike Elias pulling the trigger. Ah, Orioles fans got to be excited, right? Yeah, it, the way I, I see it a little differently than the than the Mets situation, right? Steve Cohen, mm-hmm. that dude was a Mets fan, right? Yeah. Um, there was a there was a different feel to that where it felt like yeah. he was going to be on a, a bit of a mission mm-hmm. right, from the from the early going. Right? Yeah, he had some a fun couple of years, but then he realized, okay, all right, this this ain't fully working. We we tried for the couple of years to put some talent on the field. Worked out the first year, one over a hundred games, but then it yep. collapsed last year. So yep. that's why you bring in Stearns to make some you know better future decisions right you can understand why they did the moves they did because they weren't in a position to you know bring up some young guys they had to go buy players because they didn't have the players to call up right so it makes sense but now they're starting to get that talent they're they're doing it in my the 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 right way right it Mm -hmm. was the right way prior anyway but my point is it feels different with the Orioles, right? Because I, I believe if I were to go to the report here, so it's going to be David Rubenstein of the Carlisle Group and Mike Arigetti of the Ares Management Corporation. I feel like when you when you have big corporations like that, they tend to lean more towards the analytics, right? They like mm-hmm. to have, you know, People put in place, right? Okay, what is going to be the best business decision value wise, mm-hmm. right? Where they, yeah. they, you know, you have these advisors in there and it's going to be, I, I just, they don't feel like where, where Steve Cohen almost felt like a sort of like a rebel in a way, right? It kind of gives me that vibe a little bit. I could be very wrong, but it doesn't feel like, you know, a corporate kind of a guy, right? right. Feels more of like a, yes, insanely wealthy. But gives you almost more of like that at you know welcome to the family kind of a feel where mm-hmm. when it comes to these groups right these big corporations it's more like they're looking at the num- they're looking at the analytics they're looking at the numbers I'm not saying Steve Cohen's not that right but these corporations tend to lean very heavily into that stuff so my point being right. is I don't see them just going out and just throwing money at people like sure. that's not the vibe that I get. Right, away, right. right off the bat. The, and, and I think, the, and that's not what Orioles fans even want them to do. They, I don't think Orioles fans want them, and, and the way the, the team is set up right now is to go out there and and be uh, a spender like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Mets. I think what they want them to do is to get the talent and keep the talent. Uh, and, and, and what the worry was that with this flood of talent coming in all at the same time, there was just going to be this inability to keep, and it's still going to be difficult. Okay. I mean, as, as you get to a point where Rutschman and Gunner 
and Jackson Holiday, and and you keep on going. Westberg develops into a stud, and Mayo develops into a stud, and Kowser develops into a stud, and you got Hayes, and you got Mountcastle, and you got you can't keep them all, but you have to identify the three, get them done, do what the Braves are doing. Angelos was never going to do that. They have to do what the Braves are doing and execute these contracts that sort of give put the team in a position where they don't get crushed uh with oh we got it now we get we, we slept on this now we got to give this player 35 million dollars a year yeah. straight out of arbitration yeah. um i i do think that's that's one element here we we do have a lot of comments in the live chat a lot of, there's there's some heavy baltimore uh viewership here tonight uh quick yeah, shout I want out to comment to, on one of them Conman junior one yeah we had the comment i also want to give a shout out to Conman who dropped a super chat earlier uh, how are things going in the park? I know you're going to get to it, but be uh, but be ready for you and Robbie to see the O's at the top of the vision for a while now. Thank God Angelos is going away. Uh, we do have, there's Cal Ripken Jr. is going to be a part of the ownership group. I believe Rubenstein is from Baltimore. But here's the thing. It, what, I, what I feel best about for the Orioles is that Mike Elias is running the show. And I think that that is going to be key for them they don't need to go out and be crazy but they they need to strike when the moment is right and not have an owner that doesn't want to spend money it, it doesn't have to spend the most money but you gotta got you gotta have a guy that's willing to spend money or guys that are willing to spend money and john angelos just wasn't john angelos was one of the five worst owners in major league baseball and his and his father, Peter Angelos, sort of set the standard as well. So it's it is a great day for for the Orioles, the Orioles world that the Angelos family's moving out. Yeah, and I know I will I will give them a from a business point of view, I will give them a little bit of credit because I think they did they set this up probably the best way possible, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's not a lot of payroll. Right. Because when these guys, you know, they're buying, right. They're looking to take over a franchise organization. It's probably, I would, I would imagine it's probably a little better that there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, bad contracts. Right. Right. There's obviously a lot of great contracts on here. These guys are getting paid minimal and they're winning a hundred games last year. Mm -hmm. So I will give them a little credit there. At the end of the day, yes, Elias was the one that kind of put all this together. At the end of the day, though, it all trickles from the top, right? They were mm-hmm. the one that brought in Elias. So they put together the organization to be in this position, right? So I'll give them a little credit there. You know, but it's funny going back the last couple of off seasons, I've been thinking like, man, you know, Carlos Correa just seemed perfect for them. All right. I know they had younger guys coming up too, but you know, someone of that caliber over the last couple of years seemed right, right? However, now it's funny in hindsight, when you look back at the last couple of years, well, it all makes sense now. And usually this stuff is in the works for over a few years, right? It's never like they wake up one day, you know, let's just sell the team, right? (laughs) This has been in the works and I'm not surprised that the way they've been acting now. And of course, we've seen the reports prior to that they were looking to sell, but this is why they've been really stingy, especially this offseason, right? That to me was very telling that you just won 100 games and they weren't doing anything, right? I don't think they, but you know what? I don't think they would have eat regardless. I really don't think that John Angelos was going to do the, the, the one element from a business standpoint that I think lines up perfectly is the stadium deal. 
So John Angelos was dragging his feet on this stadium deal, wanted to wanted to secure a deal that would allow him to develop the area around Camden Yards. And it took forever. This was the final year of their lease with the state, and they didn't get the deal done until the 11th hour. And even then, then they got some pushback from uh, some political heads in the area. In the end, they got it done. But from a business standpoint, John Angelos did a good job there because he set that up so that this new ownership group has the opportunity to to do their improvements and do what they want to do. So that is fantastic. I still don't think because, um, and I go back to the trade deadline last year, they did nothing at the trade deadline. And I think that comes from ownership. Um, I just, I the Angelos family, I know they got it. I mean, and maybe that Chris Davis contract, if, if Peter Angelos and John Angelos ever wanted a reason to not spend big money, on players that Chris Davis contract is, is example a, but there are some moves and Hey, you know what? That Carlos Correa thing. It's, it's great that they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, it, it's fantastic that they didn't do that because they have the position players. They need the pitching. Yeah. And, uh, and one more thing to, I, yeah, I, I agree. Right. And it ended up working out in hindsight. Um, and one thing I want to touch on is I saw some people talking about Kyra Kung Jr. Yes, he will have a small ownership mm-hmm. with the Orioles. It doesn't say, at least I haven't seen anything uh, specific um, how much that is going to be. Um, at the end of the day, though, I do want to make it you know very clear, right? You got Rubenstein of the Carlisle Group and the Aries Management Corporation, right? Those are going to be the the two massive pieces karakum jr yes he'll have a, a stake right he'll have a suite he'll have a suite <laughs> yeah I, I think he's more you know he'll be there who, who know we'll have to wait and see what how this all unfolds we'll, we'll probably find out more over the next week i would imagine but we, if i'm thinking of karakum jr's role obviously it's karakum jr first off mm-hmm. right orioles mm-hmm. legend Living legend, legend in yep. baseball so Yes, uh, there's that baseball side, obviously, the baseball knowledge. And I just I see him more as like, I don't want to say an advisor because he's obviously going to have some ownership in here. Right. But that's kind of how I see him a little bit. Like, I'm curious to see how much say he Mm. will have. I don't know that answer. Yeah. I mean, he'll be he'll be in the meetings. Right. He'll be there. He'll he'll be a presence at some ownership activities and meetings. Right. They won't have to you know, bring him in as an advisor, right? He won't have to be that. He's, he's he'll face. be a part owner. He'll be there for Orioles yeah. fan fest. He'll be there for all that stuff. He'll be in meetings. He'll, he'll have, you know, some kind of say on some aspects of the team, but certainly um, he's not going to be the guy that says we need Jordan Montgomery, go get him. Yeah. But I think that uh, it's, I think Orioles fans are going to, probably like that again the angelos family there was such a disconnect and 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 here's the other great thing this is inside the organization stuff because again anyone want to know my background i worked for wbal radio wbal radio was the flagship broadcast station for the baltimore orioles i've been in the warehouse for orioles meetings i've sold orioles sponsorships i have friends who worked for the baltimore orioles like we can get myself in trouble, but I don't I don't think this is going to go far enough to where I can get yeah. in trouble. But people that have worked for the Orioles, the white collar people that have worked for the Orioles have said that the Orioles are a mess internally. And that goes right to the top. 
And this is not baseball operation stuff. This is other elements of the team, too. Yeah. yeah. So you got to think that you get a new ownership group in, you get Cal in there, you, you just have a complete facelift. And so many things could get better now for this organization on the field, off the field, behind the scenes, community related, all that stuff could be uh, uh, tenfold. Yeah. Improved. They, they definitely seem to be going in the right direction. And it is interesting. You know, I hate to tie this back. I, I hate to always try to tie things back to my Red Sox, but isn't it interesting kind of how we're seeing the Red Sox operate? this offseason <laughs> i don't know you know what? i'm not saying that's the same thing but it makes you wonder a right. little bit you know i don't know well, that's the kind know. of stuff you need to be, you need to make some friends with some people who are like with the red Sox, but not like that with the red Sox. like they go to yeah. work there every day they go to work there every day so they can give you the dirty but they don't like have up, you know, baseball operations stuff. They're not players. They're just they're the people that go to work there. That's yeah, those are the people sure. that I those are the people that I knew. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I do just find it interesting. Yeah, because right? it's just you know, if you just Weird. look at what the Orioles have done over the last couple of years, their payroll is like what? Hold on, I had their payroll pulled up. What is their payroll for this coming year? It's a hundred million. That's crazy. Literally, you're paying a million dollars per win right that's that's nutty that's yeah. crazy um i don't that's, know man it, yeah it's I we could talk about we could talk about this in circles i i think it's why they should i mean that's why you need to look at the, the players that you can extend right now get some get some cheap get some brandon lau get some ozzy albies get some freddie peralta deals done now and if you don't know what i'm talking about go to spot rack and look those up guys those watching on youtube those listening on the podcast Go look those contracts up. Go get an Emmanuel Class A deal done. Go do those contracts now. So that way you don't get crushed in 2027. Well, there are some moves that uh, the Orioles are looking to make. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe all of a sudden we just have a beautiful week for the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, Maybe. also, you know, hey, speaking of the Blue Jays today, you know, you had Justin Turner and Vlad Jr. is on the cover. A quick, quick reaction to that. Do you agree with it or yes? What do you think? Obviously, you agree with it from a let's try to take the bias out of it. Okay, take the bias out from okay. a, from a, a baseball fan. Yeah, what do you think about Vlad on the cover? I think that Vlad, no, no bias, no bias. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should be the cover athlete for that game in perpetuity until they sell that game back to EA Sports. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, hey. I'll so you know, that. Vlad can they, be all over the color cover for MVP baseball if they bring. There you it go. There you go. Um, so last year was Jazz Chisholm, and that was coming off Otani, which was coming off of Tatis. So uh, going to Vlad is a great one because he is, even though he's coming off a down year, he's one of the most recognizable players in the sport. He's an exciting player, could have a monster year. I think there were a lot of people that wanted Ronald Acuna. And I can understand why you wanted Ronald Acuna Jr., but these things are what they are. Um, if you were to ask me, give me five athletes for the cover of that game, I would have given you Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as well. Again, you can't pick somebody that they will, they, they can go back to somebody, but they typically don't. You can't reuse anybody they've already had. Give me five that you think should be on the cover of the game. I would have given you Ronald. I would have given you Vladdy. I would have given you 
I mean, there's probably so many. Corbin Carroll. There, we, I, there, there are certainly a number of players. Vladdy would have been one of the five for sure. Yeah, I, I think when it came to, I, I don't really know much about the pro. I don't know anything about the process, but I would Neither imagine I. there's probably some. There has to be some financial aspect of it too. Like, were mm-hmm. they willing to pay them or whatever? I would imagine that has to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I'm not quite sure how that works. I would imagine, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr., if there was that, again, I'm speculating because I don't know the process, but who knows? Maybe that was an option they were looking for. And um, I I feel like he's on some other stuff out there too. So I'm not sure if that, I think he, I think he has like a, there's another game that he might be on, like a, like a, like a game in the app store. Or something. I forget what it is. I'm not sure, but right. I know what you mean. Um, I, think I've seen, I feel like I've seen him too. I feel like honestly, like Vlad. Yeah, Vlad is a fun name, but he just had a down year, mm-hmm. and so in mm-hmm. a way, I can almost appreciate that he took it on. Right? Okay. You know what? I'm gonna get on the cover. I'm gonna put pressure on myself. I'm gonna have a good year. Right? Yeah. So I can appreciate that. Right? Yeah. Then I could also see the the prospects of, you know, you could either go for someone that's very consistent every year, like a Jose Ramirez, right? I feel like every year he's, he's never going to be that MVP guy, but he's going to be just very consistent, right? Right. Or a younger guy like Adley Rushman, right? Mm -hmm. I I think that would have been, I would have loved that if Adley was on it. Could you imagine if if Adley or Gunnar Henderson were on it? Oh, it's coming. That's Um, definitely coming. You know, so, and then again, you know, maybe not Gunnar Henderson coming off rookie, rookie, uh, a rookie year. I don't know if, is that really a great idea if you're coming off a rookie season to just be on the cover right away? That's a lot of pressure on yourself. You know what? Sadly, they, I could have seen it. I would have um, loved. I would love to see because of Baltimore and situation. Like maybe next year, put put the two of them up there. Yeah, but do yeah. can you do an Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson cover where you have yeah. the two of them? Right, yeah, you maybe. have you have you know Gunnar on one side holding the bat, Adley on the other side holding the bat. Like I think you could. That, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well. Let's get to some more Orioles talk. Uh, there is word out there that, uh, well, I wouldn't even say word like it's a rumor. Uh, Michael Elias talking to the reporters um, that they are aggressively, I'll read the quote, probably being as aggressive as any team out there mm-hmm. on the trade market when it comes to starting pitching, right? Um, the Orioles... They could absolutely go make a deal. I feel like we've talked about Dylan C so much yeah. this offseason. I'm just I feel like I, I can't even say the word cease almost like correctly because I feel like I'm just so tired of saying it. Right. Um and I've said this, I've been on record for this before. I actually think it might sound weird, but I actually think they're a better trade partner for Jesus Lazardo and the Marlins. Because I too. just feel yes. like prospect wise. Again, yeah, Cease will be cheaper than Luzardo. Still going to be expensive, but he's going to be cheaper because there's mm-hmm. less control until mm-hmm. he gets the free agency. But I think that would actually work more in the Orioles' favor yeah. because they have prospects that are very high value, like a like a Sam Basayo, right? He's uh, that. What, look out for him, man. You want to talk prospects, right? Look out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be a guy where because you already have. You got like Kobe Mayo in there, and yes, Basayo could be a catcher, but you got Adley there. And if Basayo doesn't play catcher first base, well, you know, like I just said, that's yep. where you have Mayo, 
right? Yep. So someone like Basayo could be expendable, but you know, is that if you give him like let's say Dylan Cease, well, that's already making up so much of the gap, yeah, because he's such a big prospect. So are are you really going to get a whole lot else at that point? So that's where I don't know if the Orioles really line up very well for Dylan Cease or, or as well as mm-hmm. they would for the Marlins, where you could use a huge piece like Basayo, who is right near the top 10 when it comes to prospects in Major League Baseball, Yeah, where you could use him, a couple other pieces like Joey Ortiz, maybe one more piece, and go get Jesus Lazardo. Like. He- yeah, you're no, I th- I think you're dead on with that because it feels like if the White Sox are getting pieces, they want pieces that can play now. Yeah. And the the, the Marlins, I think you could execute a trade with guys that are still two or three years away. And that would work perfectly for the Baltimore yeah. Orioles. So and, and the Orioles way to go. You know, maybe I don't know. You could send back like a major league ready piece if you wanted to bring back a picture. You know, maybe I don't know, like Dean Kramer or something like that. Like I don't know. I'm just kind of whoever. I'm sure you could throw in a major league piece in there. Yeah, I could go back. Um, that's honestly what I think ends up happening. If they do get a guy, I feel like it would probably be Jesus Lazardo. It just seems to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, We've heard some other names out there, like the Mariners, of course, right? We got Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. Luis Castillo, mm-hmm. maybe Logan Gilbert. And then again, I also wonder too: Would the Mariners want to trade with the Orioles, where two nah. young and up-and-coming American League teams? The Orioles yeah. are pretty much there already. The Mariners are there too, but they're not fully there like the Orioles did last year. So. I guess if it works out for both teams where if they both get something they need, sure, right? But I don't know if the Mariners are going to trade with the Orioles unless they can get something back that they also could use. Don't you see the Mariners are done, though, after getting Polanco yesterday? Like, they got their bat without having to deal one of those pitchers. So I kind of feel like the Mariners are off the table. Yeah, unless they really wanted to, like, if they really wanted to add another bat, but at that point... But what would they get? The the problem with the Orioles is what would they get? Like, they, the only bats that are impactful right now... Yeah. Um, I mean, we, 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 we look, Westberg may be great. Kowser may be great. Mayo may be great. All those guys yeah. may be great, but we don't know. And if Seattle's getting something back, don't they want something that's going to help them right now that they know is going to help them right now? So you're looking at like Mullins or Santander and I don't think that get that. Well, it doesn't, that doesn't get yeah. the job done. So yeah. it just, it's a weird, it's a weird space for what Seattle wants back and what Baltimore would most likely be comfortable parting with. That's why, like you said, Miami, I, I think that the Miami, the Lazardo thing is the perfect fit or, yeah, Maybe if they can get it for cheap, a Shane Bieber trade. If they yeah. can get, because you don't get locked into a long-term contract, you know it's yeah. going to be a one-year deal. You're taking the $13 million off of Cleveland's payroll, and you, because of that, you shouldn't have to give up that much. Yeah. And he's a nice, stable piece for that rotation. So yeah. feel like one of those two avenues are the way to go, is a deal for Bieber, Burns isn't going anywhere. Um, I think Cease. Look, if you could do, let me answer this, Robbie. If you had your choice 
between Cease and Lizardo. And the packages were pretty close, but you had to throw in one more prospect to get Lazardo. Wouldn't you do that over Cease because you get that extra year? That, that extra year could end up being worth I mean, twenty-five million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like let's say Lazardo. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lazardo last year, I believe he was right around thirty million dollars worth of value with what he put onto the field. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely go Lazardo because it's yeah. so hard to get cost-controlled starting pitching, right? And if you have having someone like that for one more year than Cease, it's so huge. Like you can't even. It's just such a when you think of supply and demand, right? Yeah, this is why these guys are expensive. If I were to look up Lazardo right now, yeah, he was worth twenty-nine point seven million last year. So, yeah if you could give up one more prospect to get, let's say one more year worth of $30 million of pitching. Yeah. yeah I'm doing yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Especially for an Orioles team. That's the thing. They're just entering this window. Mm-hmm. And like you bring Lozardo into that fold for the next oh, three years. It's it so be, perfect to me. Be amazing. Right? Yep. yep. Like cease. It almost feels like, okay, we only got cease for two years where Lozardo, you, you feel a little more comfortable there. Okay. We got him for three years. Okay. We can breathe a little bit. And, Lecise, and you don't it know, almost feels like you gotta, you gotta win now in the next couple of years. You know? And you don't know what cease is. What is he right now? Yeah. Is he going to be the guy he was in 2021, which was good, but it wasn't Cy Young. Or is he going to be the guy in 2022 where he was, pitching for the Cy Young, or could it be what he was last year? A guy that didn't look that great at times. So like, who's he going to be? I think he averages out to be, uh, you know, you you put those three together and, and come out, spit out one average season out of those three numbers. I think that's what you're going to get from Dylan Cease moving forward. Yeah. That's Jesus Lazardo is coming off of a very nice season and he's, I believe, even still younger than Dylan Cease, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus Lazardo is. All signs point to go get Lazardo done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with it. I agree. Cease, and, and I'll say this too. I feel like Cease, in my opinion, doesn't really... Yes, he would make the Orioles better, but I don't know. Is Cease carrying you to a World Series? I feel like I don't know what it is. Mm. I know people will say, like, well, Lazardo, is he gonna carry you to a World Series? Like, there's just something I think a little better about Lazardo. Like, I feel like if you put him on that stage, you know, we we just saw him in the postseason this past year where he yep. looked really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I think if you put him on a competitive team, he's one of those guys I feel like, you know, like Montgomery this year. Put him on that stage, and yeah, he gets set up really nicely for free agency. That's kind of how I could see yeah. Lazardo ending ending out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We'll see, man. I, we'll see. I, I think out of all of it, I think Lazardo is the best option for them if they do indeed go that route. They yep. they go perfectly together, right? Orioles yep. have bats. The Marlins lack bats in both the, the major leagues and in their system, right? You even said someone like Santander. Maybe you could even like package. Lazardo and Santander in there, right? And just mm-hmm. do something there, right? That gives them a bat yeah. for now. You know, like you can right, you can make it work. You so. really can. They they have been and I the first we heard of Lazardo when I started thinking about what trade packages could be there. Uh when you know we've we've had Cease out all off season when Lazardo popped up and Orioles fans hated me for my Cease comments because I kept saying you're not 
you're not the best trade partner here. There's like three or four teams ahead of you. I got crushed for that. But I think they are the perfect trade partner for Miami. Yeah, and I yeah. would rather it's, have yeah. Lazardo. Yeah, it's not about whether or not you have the prospects. And that's why I see these articles and these people, these experts out there where they say, the Orioles have so many prospects. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's it's about the fit. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah. having a lot of prospects matters, but is it going to be right for each organization, right? Yep. What they're looking for. So we did have a trade yesterday. That was nice to actually see something like that. And and I actually came up with it, not the exact trade, uh, but the idea of it uh, about a week ago, right? Jorge Polanco going to the Mariners. Uh, right off the bat, I saw that it looked like a slight overpay. It looked a little lopsided, yeah. Yeah. but not like a crazy amount. But then there was some cash involved. And surprisingly, you ended up getting a lot of cash going to the Twins. So it ended up being yeah. even more lopsided. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, why are you sending all that cash to the Twins? Like that that was what kind of blew my mind on it. Mm -hmm. um, that was a lot, right? But then when you think yep. about the Mariners and their history, when they want someone, they tend to do what they have to do to get it done, right? You look mm -hmm. at just the Luis Castillo trade, right? Throwing in Edwin Arroyo, which ended up being, in hindsight, a very good move for them, right? Edwin Arroyo was this guy, fast riser in their system. He was kind of just blowing up the place, right? And they were like, okay, here, we'll even give you Edwin Arroyo along with Noel V. Marte. Right. And people were like, wow, you're giving up both those guys? And in hindsight, Edwin Arroyo, his stock has dropped a little bit. Hasn't been the same guy that he was at that time. Mm -hmm. So the Mariners have done this before where they tend mm -hmm. to overpay to get the guy they want. And um, in the end, you know, yeah, you gave up a couple of prospects there, right? Gonzalez is one of them. Decent prospects, you know, right, I think in the 70 range, mid 70s. Um, I, even though it was an overpay, it's still like kind of like the Castillo trade. Yeah, it definitely hurt. But I still liked it, yeah. and I feel the same way about this one. I still yeah. like it, yeah. even though they definitely had to give up a lot. So, yeah, what do you think? I I I, I agree with you. I, I look at this trade as a win-win trade. I believe it sort of leans. If I had to pick a definitive winner, I would lean closer to Minnesota because of everything they got. Bringing in Desclafani, you can add him to that rotation, and he gave San Francisco some very good starts. You add him to the back of that rotation, you can move Varlin back into the bullpen. Yeah. So the, so in theory, Minnesota gets two relievers out of this by being able to move Varlin back to the pen. So the pen is better. The rotation is, I, I would argue, better because I think Varlin's better in the bullpen than he is in the rotation. And they get a prospect to work on. And they get another pitching prospect to, to work on. So I love what this did for Minnesota. And I, I like what this, I really like what this did for Seattle because they get their bat. And on top of getting their bat, they didn't have to give up any of the five that are currently in that rotation. And that is what we had been hearing all offseason is that they were maybe going to have to do that. They kept them and they get a 30 homer guy. Polanco's only done it once, but if he stays healthy, 
I think the ceiling for Polanco is 30 homers. And Seattle, when you looked at that lineup before the deal went down, they needed another guy with pop. They needed more slugging. And Polanco, if he stays healthy, going to do that. He's not going to give you solid defense at second base, but that's not why you did this deal. He's going to strike out a bunch, but yeah, everybody strikes out a bunch on Seattle. They needed a guy that could close his eyes and hit one over the fence. And Polanco can do that. You didn't have to give up the starter. And you're right. They know their guys, maybe better than Minnesota knows their guys. And when they were going through the, the process of selecting the players, they managed to select the players that they feel fine leaving, right? Sending out yeah. the door because maybe they're at their ceiling already and there isn't much more room to grow. So I like it for both sides, but I do lean a little bit more towards uh, the Twins' return here. Yeah, I I love the I love the addition of Gabriel Gonzalez. Like I said, yeah. solid prospect. You know, he didn't set the world on fire, but he put up just good, solid numbers in the minor leagues last year. And then it's kind of one of those things like, well, the way I look at this, like on baseball trade values, it was rejected by the model where mm -hmm. it was a huge overpay. But I kind of look at it like, I don't know. I'm trying to like put an analogy together. Like, let's say you're, I don't know. Let's say you're trying to get a couch. I'm putting together a stupid analogy already. Go for it. Let, follow it. Follow you're, it. You're, you're trying to get a couch, right? Buddy's like, all right, I got this couch. It's really good. Right. What are you, what are you going to give me for it? Well, I got all these really, you know, pretty, pretty good things that I have that I could give him that I don't need. He could use them more. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. kind of one of those things where you're giving up value is in the eye of the beholder, right? right. You know, it's, it's sort of like they just gave up pieces. They didn't necessarily need mm -hmm. that had good value. Mm -hmm. And the twin, the way I kind of almost imagined it happening, they're on the phone and the twins are like, okay, we let, you know, we'll give you, you know, Gabriel Gonzalez. That's, that's the one piece we want back. The Mariners say, okay, all right, we, we can do that. Yeah. Right. And then they're like, ah, we need a picture. We need a picture. Sonny Gray, right? We lost him. Thinking you send us Desclafani? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that Darren Bowen guy, really good. Really good, right? We, we like him a lot. Not a whole lot of value. Mm -hmm. We like him, right? Decent piece for the organization, right? Can you do that? Yeah, okay. We'll throw that in. Feels like deal's almost done, maybe, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, you know what? We were thinking. We wanted to get this deal done, you know, but we really need Topa too, right? You think yeah. you throw him in for us? Oh, Topa? Right. Not really? Come on. He was good for us. Come on. We got to get this deal done, man. Just throw in Topa. Just mm -hmm. throw him in. Mm -hmm. Oh, fine. We'll do freaking Topa too, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you're about to pull the trigger. And they're like, listen, listen, can you pay Desclafani? Oh, come on. Just right. do it. Just pay Desclafani. Fine. Take the money. That's how I saw well, it. Well, you know, they could go the other way. It could go the other way. There could have been another team, or at least it was a, presented as another team's in on Polanco. And if you want Polanco, this is what you got to do. There, yeah. we, it, the, the asset here that was coveted was Polanco. Not any of those pieces that went from Seattle to Minnesota. That's not the, yeah. that's the phone call was made by Seattle to Minnesota. Most likely the too. coveted piece was Polanco. And because of that, you may have to appear to overpay for the piece, especially if other sure. teams 
are paying for, uh, are, are calling on Polanco. A uh, quick shout out to Skull T Y A Catch eighty four. I also think he became a member of your channel. I think he's a member of my channel recently too. Skull, thank you. Dropping a super chat as well. Thad Levin. I don't think he has lost a trade yet. The cash helps them go after free agency. I'm happy being a Twins fan right now. I think Twins fans should come thank away from that. this trade. Thank you. Very happy. Yeah, and another thing that it does for the Twins, and I talked about this on my channel last night, where it really gives them more flexibility in their lineup. Yeah. Right? It, it kind of gives more playing time right, to Julian. right? That was mm-hmm. a guy that really had himself a decent season last year. Right, Kind of opens up that DH spot, so Buxton can go DH a lot, hopefully, play some center here and there. But it really opens up a lot more opportunities for the Twins, and it gives them – in my opinion, really needed versatility there, flexibility. Yep. So that's where I think Polanco, yeah, he's good, right? But I think for the Twins, they saw more value in having more freedom, right? Instead of just locking in Polanco there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where I see it. And uh, like well, it. you brought up the super chat. We also had another super chat earlier from Swingman Lou. How you doing, Swingman? What up, my guys? Uh, the Red Sox are going to do Jack bleep this is a child-friendly show i cannot say those words former teacher i can't do it um but i think that i don't know man you know papelbaum was talking papelbaum was talking with uh i believe it was foul territory don't remember exactly mm-hmm. maybe might have been the play tessie crew go follow that podcast red sox fans if you don't know play tessie good guys but um he said that he feels like the red sox have something up their sleeve I feel like, the again, I think they're just waiting it out. And it's kind of one of those things where Red Sox fans are going, come on, sign him, do it. Okay, no one is signing Jordan Montgomery. No mm-hmm. one is signing Blake Snell. So, like, mm-hmm. I, they're waiting for the market to come down. Like, you got Ken Rosenthal earlier, right? Like, saying, like, like oh, what are the Red Sox doing? It's it, He's just bashing on them. You know, these Oh, yeah, Ken, guys, Ken's got like, it out. Ken's yeah. got it out for somebody in Boston right now. He is not happy with them. No, no. And, you know, but it's like, Ken, come on, dude. If I if I was the guy like in an organization, I'd be like, Ken, you know how this stuff works, right? Do you, The market right now for these guys is garbage, right? We're just waiting for them to come down, right? That's what it is, in my opinion. Yes. Could you go out and go call Montgomery right now? Get something done? Sure. You know, they're playing a risky game. They did it with J.D. Martinez, right, back in uh, 2018. Yep. Do you remember J.D. Martinez won it seven years and $210 million? Do you remember that, Jim? I do remember that. That was a lot of money that they were looking for. And, of course, it was ridiculous. And the mm-hmm. Red Sox knew that they were really, like, the only team that made sense for J.D. Martinez, or that made the most sense for J.D. Martinez. There were other teams, but the Red Sox had the clear need this feels like the JD Martinez thing. It really does with Jordan yeah. Montgomery. Like, yeah, because it's like if the Rangers had the money, they would have already done this. It would have already happened, right. in my right. opinion. I don't know. So to yeah. me, unless like a surprise team like the Cubs or the Phillies, I even brought up the Astros last night. I don't see that, but they yeah. shocked us with Hater. Someone thinking, there's oh, going to be another in Texas. Maybe yep. they can make something happen. You know, know. there will be another surprise. There'll be another surprise. I'm I'm convinced of it. There will be another surprise. That's what I mean. Like the only way I see Jordan Montgomery not going to the Red Sox is if he goes to a team like 
no one that like the Astros, like no one is thinking about. I, I keep right. pushing the Astros. I'm not trying to. It feels people are probably thinking I'm just trying to just create nonsense or whatever. But like, no, like if you wanted to make an upgrade to this rotation, you could. Like Jose yeah. Arquiti, you could do something with him. Like, I don't know. So anyway, right. Just an idea. But you know what yep. I mean? So yep. yeah, Swingman Lou, I do think the Red Sox do something in the next few weeks. Uh, I just feel like they kind of need to, especially on the mm-hmm. pitching side of things. So, but thank you for the yep. super chats, everyone, Jim, any last words before we wrap this up for tonight? That is it from me. I do appreciate uh, us, you know, and, and, and everybody out there hopping in, talking with us, you know, live chat with us. This is fun to do yeah. to record the podcast on the YouTube channels, kind of bouncing back to forth, back and yeah. forth, finding time to get this done. Um, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get into and you guys, uh, with the super chats and just the comments, uh, throughout it's great. We have another super chat coming in from Ben. Yep. He's not going to let us go. Uh, Ben with the comment, I'm back. And so are the Orioles. Now they will finally trade for Fromber. Oh, that, Hey, you know what? Man, that's your that. Jordan. That's your Jordan Montgomery connection. They signed Jordan Montgomery. Then they trade for Amber Valdez to the there Orioles. I, I mean, again, mad. yeah, it is. Um, no, I mean, parting words for me again. Make sure everybody that you, those of you that are following us on YouTube, we love you. Um, make sure to go and subscribe to the podcast, download that thing, uh, listen to it when you're on the go. We really would love your support to help grow this thing um, and, and continue the momentum that we're we're building there. And and if you if you this is another thing I wanted to say, if you have content creator for your team. If there's somebody on Twitter that you follow, um, if you have an audience with that person, meaning maybe they follow you back, tag them. We would love to have more guests on here. We would love to reach out to more teams. We are a national show. We have touched on half the teams in the league right now. So we're not opposed to doing a Orioles deep dive or a Texas Rangers deep dive or anything. So if you have somebody you follow that you think, man, I would, the White Sox, um, if, if you have somebody that you follow that you're like, man, he would, I would love to hear my guy who does this white Sox podcast. Come on and chop it up with, with uh, Jim and Robbie. Jim's been critical of Chris gets. Let's, let's put them together and see, see what they talk hey, Chris about. Gets on the show. Let's get Chris gets on the show. Anybody know Chris gets. So, um, so anyway, yeah, help, help us out, grow, help us grow this thing. If there's somebody you want to see us have as a guest tag them, on social media and see if you can get their attention. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. man. But yeah. Everyone, please, if you can go download the podcast, whether, you know, Spotify, Google Stitcher, Ben Lowry, one more time, four ninety nine. have on home baby baseball, man. I will do that. We'll do, do that. It. Ben done. Probably season preview. I would think uh, probably the season previews. That'd be good for the giants. Uh, he has I some can... really good. He, he would be good for the giants. He also does some really good MLB content on his YouTube yeah. channel where he touches on like, like historical busts stuff. and and things like that. And uh, I've had him on before mm-hmm. and we dove into one of his, he, he had, um, so I have, we've been, we have had him on in the past. We had him on to talk about, he had the, um, the 10 most ridiculous, what the hell's? Why can't I think of the word? Um, um, he uh, he he had a ten worst something. I can't remember what it is right now. For Here's some reason, few, my mind is like. fried. He has a bunch of those. I had him on after one of those videos, and we talked about it. So Ben, we'll definitely have Eric on soon. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Ben Lowry, thank you, my friend. Thank, thank you for those and uh, the other super chats as well. Skull TYA catch eighty four Swingman Lou, thank you, um, everyone. We're gonna get out of here if you can. Again, go download the podcast, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Uh, leave a review if you can. Five star would be wonderful if you could do that. But everyone, uh, thank you for coming out tonight. We do appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next time. 